quick note before the episode starts. Um, I refer to the director of the 1998 film, Andy Anderson, in the star, uh, John Davies, as the same person or as the director using a pseudonym and being an actor in the film. Um, that is not the case. Um, Andy Anderson and John Davies are, in fact, two different people. Um, yeah, so on with the show. Could you please stop being such a buzzkill? Okay, welcome to episode three of Buzzkill. <laughs> um, this episode I have titled uh, <laughs> Back to Back Detention. Um, just like my high school days, right? Uh, we're going to talk about uh, two films, um, two films that deal with uh, detention, and they literally have the same title. Uh, the first is the 1998 film, um, and then the second is Detention from 2011, and we actually have the screenwriter of the 2011 Detention film with us to talk about both of these films. So, Mark, uh, introduce yourself. Uh, hey, uh, I'm Mark Palamo. <laughs> I co-wrote Detention 2011 with its director, Joseph Kahn. Um, happy to be here. Yeah, it's uh, always Pleased a to have pleasure you, man. to talk with you. Cool to meet you. Yeah, Mark, Mark, I've been on Mark's podcast, uh, The Ozone, twice. Um, sort of three times. Sort of, th- yeah, you're right. Kind of three times. Um, and we are doing, we definitely going to do like an ozone crossover with Buzzkill. Nice, nice. That's definitely a goal. But I wanted to get, because I came across this other detention movie and mm-hmm. me and Mark have never really talked about detention that much at length. This just felt like the perfect opportunity to invite him on to talk about uh, his movie in this movie. Uh, that so, other one, that other detention also known as Learning Curve, correct? Learning Curve is the other title. Yes, it I is. I think that also, might be the official title. Like, no, I think it, it, it's not. When, it's you Google, not? Okay. when you Google it or you look it up on IMDb or if you look it up on Letterboxd, it comes up as detention. All right. So it is. Det- and even the director's commentary, which was with the link of the movie, he talks about the title um, being detention. They tried they tried to get huh. an alternative title of Learning Curve just in case because they thought detention wouldn't be available. I thought I saw a Learning Curve on the screen. It says it. Yeah, it, it says yeah, it. He, okay. he says he says like there's an alternative <laughs> title. He's like when it comes up on the screen in the commentary, he mentions it. He's like, yeah, that's the alternative. title. So I don't even know where this film like surfaced. Like, I really don't know much right. about <laughs> this movie. I, I, I dig for movies like someone digging for you know, buried treasure or some shit. And I came across this film and uh, yeah, let me just to try to like apply. Cause this is a very free form podcast, Mark. I don't know if you know, it's like a free form open conversation. Uh, that's cool. Can, can I just ask where had you heard of this movie and had you seen it before? To answer that? Uh, no, I haven't seen it before. And where I heard about it was I was just online um, looking at the, at the various, um, a seedy underworld of uh, online film um, that I look lurking and I came across this title. Um, it's actually one of these uh, private, I was on, a, I think I was on a private torrent site. Yeah. Oh my God. <gasps> yeah. And like, I just saw this movie and it, we can talk about my, that later too. Yeah. It, 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 it like perked my interest simply because I, what I saw was a screenshot of naked people in a cage mm-hmm. and it said detention. <laughs> and I was like, is this go where I think it's going? And I looked into it Porn and I was like, hey, immediately it was like oh i have to watch this movie so Uh mark and jason have you guys obviously i don't i think i know the answer i think everyone can assume the answer have you guys ever heard of this movie no no (laughs) No, not 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 give me the link (laughs) it looks like some good old-fashioned cinemax 90s cinemax type shit and here's the thing like i mean lovingly I looked into the guy who directed it and like, he's, he's the star. He's the guy who plays the principal. He's like the writer director of this movie. Um, but he has, he has a different name. It's like yeah. Andy, Andy Anderson. Anderson yeah. yeah. Andy Anderson. Yeah. John Davies, his name I remember. Cause that's also the screenwriter of Hobo with the shotgun. Hobo with the shotgun. Right. Yeah. But when I was listening to the commentary, <laughs> he was, he was talking about, I don't know if he took like a, an actor name, like, Weird. You know, maybe a different name for his actor, but he was talking from this perspective of, yeah, this is me in this part. So like, it's like an Alan Smithy name for actors. You don't want to yeah. take credit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, right. So 
let's start since we're already on it. We can get to detention Mark's film, but let's just start with <laughs> this. What are your first impressions of this movie, guys? I have to talk to someone about this movie. <laughs> I'll let our guests go first. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, I, I honestly knew nothing about the film when I started it. Um, hmm, I, I, okay, it, it went places I didn't expect it to go, I guess because I never saw that cover before with, with the naked bodies in a cage. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I'm glad I watched it. I'll say that. It's a weird movie. And um, I, I mean, I think there's like, it, it's strange because it, there's actually like some, the dialogue is sometimes okay, not always. Like the, there's sometimes like kind of creative shots, although something about it just kind of looks like a shot on VHS movie too from like yes. the 90s. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, and I would say philosophically, I'm not really sure what this movie's like all about. It's like, you know, I, I would say it's, someone who wrote a teen movie is a, very different from a lot of them and that it seems very anti-teenager the whole time yeah. in a way where they're not ever really kind of redeemed as characters except that they start learning stuff i guess um and um also like tonally it walks an interesting line where i didn't really kind of clue in that it was supposed to be funny until like the last third of it um and i, I actually kind of like the movie better when it plays it straight um yeah Jason, the the anti-teen thing is interesting because I'm not sure it's exactly anti-teen. It seems to be saying mm -hmm. we are failing the teens. It's like it's putting the onus on the adults, and this guy is fucking crazy. It's almost like a falling down right. type of situation where he's like he's not wrong about the problems he's diagnosing or the symptoms, but his fix action crazy. You know, um, I felt like you know I kind of got a similar sense of like like mark it felt like the message be, well, like i was like questioning the message the whole time i'm like yo what is this saying about public schools like is this some sort of like this seems like a a a a a, a betty devos funded movie really it feels like the villains in it though are <laughs> lawyers and parents it talks about how the schools are over litigated and they're scared it's basically the parents rich parents getting lawyers and shit yeah suing you know, like, schooling the school exactly. the threats of litigation but, but it just but like, felt Go ahead, Mark. Go ahead. Sorry, that, I was just going to say, like, I went to high school in the mid to late 90s. Mm -hmm. um, well, yeah. It, it did not feel at the time, as a student then, it felt like we were the ones who were kind of in prison, right? Yeah. This whole kind of idea of, like, this teacher being afraid that he's going to be, quote unquote, canceled because he said fucking shit in class once. I don't remember that being an issue back then. I mean, it kind of feels like a newer right. thing. They had so, so much power. Like the students in this movie had so much power. Like yep. the, the teachers were in fear. Like the, hey. whole, the whole time they're in fear of these kids. Go yep. ahead. My <laughs> wife is a teacher in a public school and that is not wrong. Like the parents yep. run shit nowadays. And in the inner city, you get mostly the parents. I mean, both inner city and in the suburbs, it's the same issue where they think their kids can do no wrong. And mm -hmm they'll come about it in different ways you you know like the people in the inner city aren't going to litigate they're going to come up in the classroom and usually yell and shit whatever in the right. suburbs you're going to get parents who are i don't know if litigating and pressing charges is the norm or they're definitely going to the school board and all that shit you know and, yeah the one guy had like a lawyer on retainer yeah, that's the satire <laughs> on, of it bro, i think that's the satire i think but <laughs> mm -hmm. it's a it's a real problem though that the teachers are kind of handcuffed and I mean, you, my wife luckily very, works it, with deaf and hard of hearing kids, so uh -huh. she doesn't have the same exact problems. You know what I mean? As this this classroom, movie but. feels very reactionary in a way, but also like when you hear the guy who made it talk, he seems like just the nicest guy. Like, I don't even <laughs> he's like a pleasant <laughs> yeah. person. Like and, when you hear him speak. So I don't know. And, and he's like a professor of film studies. Right. It, it's actually it was hard to find out much information about this movie that doesn't even have a Wikipedia page as far as I can tell. Let's make uh, one. Yeah, that's yeah. why that's why I was listening to the commentary track that's on that. Like if you if you watch the movie and open the like it has a dual audio option. Like once I saw oh, okay. it was a commentary I track, I was like, oh, shit, I need to listen to this because I like, had Spanish subtitles. There's that not helps. a lot of yeah, there's not a lot of information. And like so I got to hear I didn't get to listen to the whole thing all the way through. I like mm -hmm. stopped halfway in. But like, yeah, it was like this guy's telling how he made the movie, how it got together. So, yeah, it was very interesting to hear him speak about the film. And you could get the sense that like he's not somebody who like, I don't feel like 
he didn't come off as someone who really had an agenda more so along the lines of he wanted to make a movie maybe in the vein mm -hmm. of one of those movies like the substitute or something you know mm -hmm. right yeah. yeah 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 and that's how it came off or uh like, I, um class of 1984 almost but yeah yeah I, yeah going somewhere else yeah yeah but I did think it was funny that like there's just moments in the movie where like the guy's like trying to like rape the teacher and he has like a gun. <laughs> the execution of those scenes is fucking yeah, schlocky, like, dude. But right. Like it's you said, it's got that VHS look, so it kind of all works, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I just mean um like the kids are just like so kind of two-dimensionally evil you, in this. You know, yes. yeah, yeah. And and like I think I, there was like an early use of the term fuck boy in this movie, I heard. Um she calls like the nerdy kid a butt boy most of the time. But like, yeah, I heard fuck boy once. There you go. Um, Dude's a trailblazer. Ahead of his yeah. time. Yeah. But my thing about this movie also is is just like it's like the unintentional things about it that like make it so like this is definitely like I think your detention mark and this detention will fall into the category of like cult film, like material like fair right like they mm -hmm. have aspects and ele elements that are automatically going to make them fall under the cult designation because they're so uh counter to sort of the types of films the that subversion you would, yeah right it's a, there's such like mm -hmm. counters and subversions to like the 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 actual examples that you would point to that the types of films these would be like um so it felt yeah. like in a way like a perfect pairing and also you know I feel like thematically, right, to talk about themes and motifs, because I'm kind of pretentious like that. <laughs> uh, Present. Both of these movies, right, kind of like they're like almost like about the school to prison pipeline in a way. Like, I know that maybe sound like a, re a, a reach from my That's end. Interesting. Well, the first one, you definitely could throw that reading on it. What, what, when you really I mean, think about it, though, when you really think about the idea of detention, right? When you really yeah. think about the it's like it's almost like it's like a student's first sort of introduction in many cases to the idea of institutional discipline. Yeah. Yes. Like and being incarcerated, even right. held against your will by someone right. who's not even your parent. It's like being thrown in the, it's the equivalent of being in prison and getting thrown in the hole. Like for school, yeah. school is prison. And then the tension is the hole. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> and very much like if you really watch both films, right. And, and, and we'll get to detention, you know, Mark's film after this, but, but I want to jump to that real quick. There's a line that Dane Cook says in Mark's movie, which is, it's not prison, it's detention, right? Mm -hmm. Which mm -hmm. is almost like, well, actually, in a way, it is On prison. On a scale, it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it, it's a perfect sort of like microcosm, you know, for, for the sort of like type of society we live in and the types of like institutional sort of disciplinary sort of consequences right. that people face outside of you know if we're not playing the game being we're a not good little soldier yeah. and worker yeah right yeah, yeah. well i mean I, I mean you know just to quickly jump ahead to mm -hmm. talk about both movies at once uh, i mean I, I i always kind of view like high school as sort of a microcosm of society anyway sister, yeah but you know a lot of people had asked me why my movie was called detention like because they're only in detention for like 20 minutes of it or something point that out. <laughs> but but, but it, it is actually like you said like i i viewed detention as like a larger theme of like your life kind of in stasis and trying mm -hmm. to break, break out of that to kind of something greater something more communal it's and purgatorial I, yeah it is purgatory yeah and, and and i think both movies deal with the idea of detention that way yeah so what do you guys think about the, the 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 actual students i know they i know that we, we already touched on like they're evil but like what did you guys think because i thought like one some of those students were clearly 37 <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh for uh, sure yeah uh, they're, they're totally 37 that's that 90s cinema <laughs> shit again of it you know uh, uh, that's the one, 90s uh, was just like that 902 and <laughs> half of them were like yeah. 35 with kids i know this one they're like the same age as their teacher yeah <laughs> right <laughs> but the and both of these films kind of touch on like the cruelty of bullying but in a way mm -hmm. that like existed in previous eras that i i I'm not, bully bullying hasn't gone away it's just changed it's like shape-shifted right mm -hmm. um but in both movies like bullies in the movies are like they're like cancelable people <laughs> in 2022. Like, like the things that the bullies yeah. do in these movies are appropriate for the times that they're set, right? For but sure. also, also like, um, they. I feel like they're just more. They're actually, uh, uh, actually more 
sincere depictions of what a bully is in a weird way, even though they're sort of like arched on purpose. Well, I, at least in Marx, it's in, on purpose. I don't really know how much on purpose it is with the detention mm-hmm. of 1998, like AKA learning curve. The, the, the learning curve. Um, yeah. <laughs> wait, so you think like attempting to rape a teacher is a realistic depiction? No, 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 no. Movie? But what I, it's not a realistic depiction in terms of their actions. It's a real, it's a realistic depiction in terms of like the cruelty of youth. Yeah. Right. Right. Like, you know, when like you're when you're a young person, like you you're the level of cruelty that you could because your your brain is still developing. Right. And because like high school, you know, that's why Lord of the Flies is, was such a, you know, is such a mm. timeless sort of story. It's because it touches upon that, like the idea of like when you leave children alone amongst yeah. each other, sort of like they're they're under uh, they're immature and they're emotionally immature, physically, all these type of things. They're young. They're still figuring out the world like mm-hmm. there is no cruelty like the like the level of cruelty that young people inflict upon each other. You know what? I kind of agree with that, but I want to say, and I've thought that way for a long time, but since I've had a kid, I'm going to say there's no cruelty like the cruelty a adult inflicts on a child. That's way worse in victimizing than peer to peer. But let me say too, I think when you take like a Lord of the Flies, I think it would be interesting to make a movie or play or write a novel about the parents of those kids back home and what they're like, because most kids are a reflection of their home life and like Greenberg, that beautiful axiom, hurt people, hurt people. I think that's so true. So most bullies are just people who are catching it at home and externalizing their internal pain onto the world, including these shitheads. I got the impression all of them have these rich, neglectful, fucking disaffected asshole, sociopathic parents. And they're just externalizing that, you know? Well, as a parent, I hate saying that as a blank, as a certain, I'm also as a husband of a teacher. Right. Like I have a daughter and a son and like, obviously my daughter's all the way of college age. And my son is eight. He's, you know, he's like the same age as your son, Jason. I will say this. There's a difference in the way adults are like adult when it comes to, here's why, because adults like the, the, the intent behind like a grown sort of, uh, person with life experience sort of like a world weary human like the intent behind their cruelty is different like you can't give it you almost you you don't like children get a pass you know what i'm saying the young young people get a pass because they're young right there's an assumption of like they themselves don't understand what it is they're kind of doing you know what i mean like yet like in terms of like they're 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 fully they're human beings and they have a capacity to understand right from wrong but there is a degree of leniency that we grant to young people, right? Because they are, because they are growing. So like when I say the cruelty, it's like when, when you reach a certain age, when you reach and you get into like, you know, above your you know mid twenties or whatever, at that point in your life, like whatever you do beyond that point is sort of kind of like, there's a, there's a social contract at that point, right? Where it's like, there's an understanding you you're, you're already a grown adult. You've already sort of, if you've made it this far, like you've already sort of had to pass through the kind of built-in filters that our society has for you. So like when you continue to engage in behavior that is like what, you, what people would define as bullying, um, even at an adult stage, which is kind of, it's, I, it's, I always think it's funny. It's to pretty think, prevalent. Yeah, yeah, it's, pre, it's very prevalent. I always yeah. think it's funny like to, to, to sort of label adults as bullies, but like it's a perfect word for like the way a lot of people, uh, grown people tend to try and like, uh, sort of move and navigate as adults amongst other people. So it's like, it's, I, I would qualify that with like the cruelty right. of kids is like very, because it's pure, right? But the cruelty of adults is fundamentally worse because of the position that they hold. Right. And you know what I'm saying? Right. Like, they should so, know better. Yeah. Now I want to hear what Mark has to say on this, but let me throw out real quick. I do think though, it's also a sign of the arrested development of most of these bullies. I think they're still kids. They're mm-hmm. still hurt ass kids who never evolved and got over it and cathartically came to terms with the shit that happened to them. So they're still externalizing that childhood pain their whole fucking life. They're not even adults, really. They're like in this limbo state, um, in purgatorial yeah. limbo state, you know, but to you, Mark. Actually, no, I, I think, you know, both of, what both of you say is on point. Um, I don't know. Like I was looking at bullying as kind of like, it's it's a a symptom of like a of society that is that cares about winning so much yeah, and that's kind of an Amer- american symptom too i mean i'm sure there's bullying all over the world mm-hmm. um but yeah I, I mean i think like kids that do it often do have terrible home lives um 
And also like a lot of high school movies kind of make the star jocks, the bully. And in my experience, they were kind of two different groups. You know? mm-hmm. the, the, the jocks kind of had other things to do. Um, they were kind of well-liked in my experience. Yeah. Um, They're so busy I, with chicks. See, I feel that. Yeah. I feel that like Mark, that's a good point. Like, I feel like people, that's what movies sort of miss is that the idea that like when you're a jock in school, like mm-hmm. being a student athlete takes up a significant amount of your time. So it's like, yeah. There's only so much time that you actually have because you got to if you pr- you have practice and you have games, there's a level of in- like, again, that's that extracurricular shit. Like when you have extracurricular activities, well, athletes of- purge that aggression too. yeah, on playing fields, et cetera. You know, like it's funny, a lot of the nerds who felt like they weren't getting their due in school are the ones who grow up to become writers and screenwriters and shit. Right. Sure. So they got yeah, this axe yeah. to grind with the jocks and it's not even necessarily that the jocks bullied them it's just that they were jealous of the jocks or the jocks are the target of their ire when they grow up and write a movie or whatever but i do think uh like if you go in any jujitsu gym or where fighters train they're some of the nicest people on the planet because they get the poison out on the mats you know what i mean it's like there's not many bullies in there and it's interesting that the jocks always get portrayed that way and i think it is probably just jealousy (laughs) by the people who write totally and i think just uh it's like a tangent to that i think one thing that um richard linklater got right in days and confused is that the jocks are the stoners most of the time they're not separate groups either (laughs) true well actually to talk about jocks another movie movie famous about detention of course breakfast club i think did a good job of pointing out when a jock does become a bully but it's still the same situation it's the home life it's uh and but competition plays a factor like you said that kind of bullying from the competitive ultra competitive dad you got to win you got to be number one andrew that's it's it's good that you i'm glad glad that you brought up the breakfast club because i feel like these two movies are like the anti-breakfast club like because the breakfast club Hmm. is a movie that the whole film from the initial from the initial starts in detention right these movies don't get to the detention till like well into the film you know what i'm saying and i actually like that like i like that like the whole time you're like, okay, this is detention. When is it going to get to detention? Yeah, it is you know hilarious. what I mean. And like, I love that aspect of both of these movies. Like, bro, I let me say how- first up, Mark, your movie. Not to interrupt you, but your movie is fucking gonzo. I had no idea what <laughs> it was going to be going into it, and I thought it would be. I read the write up that's like serial killer killing kids in detention. I'm like, all right, it's going to be like some fucking John Sweat in a movie. No offense, dude. <laughs> um, <laughs> a bunch of kids locked in detention and they're getting picked off on bathroom breaks and shit, dude. It, no, it's it's what your well, shit is bananas dude i fucking <laughs> love it mad props much well, respect i love how fucking crazy uh, this movie uh, is okay ahead, well i'm glad i'm because i wasn't sure if you guys were gonna like it or not so that's mm. a relief thank you i already um, saw it so i already it liked is it. one of the most entertaining <laughs> fucking things i've ever seen in my life yeah <laughs> it will well, be suggested well, to people but uh, um i i Hmm. Okay, so just to kind of build on that, um, I think one thing that these two movies also have in common is, I I think when I write a film, I'm like, because I've seen a lot of movies, I'll often watch a movie, 40 minutes into it, I know everything that's going to happen until the end. I think like, both these two detention movies kind of, they just keep sort of pulling the rug out from you. And I think like more movies should do that. Just keep doing things in the second and third act, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That are just resolving. And stuff. I, yours is scene to scene doing that shit. Yeah, that yeah. one's more like act breaks or twists. But yours right. is just like, right his is i have so much to say i have so much to say about marx that's because marks here one but also like there's just a lot of (laughs) a lot of stuff about marx it's just like yo so that's why i'm like starting with the 1998 but have we dispensed with it i mean we're about we're we're about to i'm about to but i just before we dispense with the 1998 and move on to the 2011 detention like i want to say uh just touch on it a little bit like for 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 people that don't know about this movie because it's like i feel like it's mm-hmm. harder to find than 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 the 2011 detention yeah yeah right. and it, it's one of those movies that like people don't kind of understand like this the, the the main character is this guy who from the beginning of the movie he's like he's like it seems like they suggest that he's on the run more or less because they want to commit him super to... ambiguous right right like, right did i miss something i love for some it. It reason he, for some and... reason they want to commit this man to he like, like he like worked in the circus right yeah 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 yeah, yeah. and like <laughs> he want they and he's like at like uh it looks like 
one of those homes is being like auctioned or something like were they auctioning mm -hmm. everything well off? there was like, a wreath of flowers next to him so did a yeah. wife die was there a funeral it's so a empty, yeah, exactly. I don't know. his backstory is so huh. mysterious and so strange i love that though. and like he got like he gets he gets this call from the teeth like from this from the uh from the woman at the school because he filled out an application years ago like 30 years ago yeah. <laughs> to be a substitute well, she had the wrong name even it might not even yeah, it might have been some dewy right thin <laughs> shit from school so, of Rock. so this guy this so this guy accepts this job as a way to escape, like because they're looking for him. So it's like already you're like, oh, like something's wrong with this guy. And you do find out like, yeah, something is seriously wrong with this guy, because the, le <laughs> the levels that he goes to to teach these children is like, I'm literally going to strip them naked yes. and, <laughs> and, and, and keep them in a at a cage at a, in an abandoned circus somewhere in the Colorado mountains. <laughs> I have so much respect for any American movie that has dicks in it. Let me just say that. Yes, like any movie that puts dicks in it, it's like especially right. back then. It's, it's back yes. more, a little more common now. Yeah, but... dicks dicks are the new tits now. So that's true. <laughs> you will see a dick in a 2022 movie and an unpacking not a that in 2022 comes with a whole other can not, of worms. You won't even get an areola in a 2022 movie. You won't, but you will get dick and balls. Like well, well, I mean, it's funny you bring this up because just yesterday I was having this <laughs> argument with a friend of mine, <laughs> and she was saying that like you know there's still more boobs in movies than dicks. I'm like, yeah, but boobs don't count as much they're not genitals you know yeah. a, a, dick, a dick is worth more <laughs> can i move to motion that we change the title of this episode uh, or episode to dicks are the new tits <laughs> i mean that's a t-shirt right there i'm dude. definitely Merch. I'm, I'm definitely up for that title no whoa no innuendo um <laughs> dicks but, are the uh, new tits i love it uh and also like <laughs> is it me or like was like the dialogue like like Mark's movie, like I remember, like the dialogue is so crystallized in my mind, but like I remember laughing at just not even the the, the dialogue as much as like the sort of delivery mm -hmm. of like of the way yeah. that the dialogue is spoken in the learning curve, because I'm going to refer to it as that, the learning curve. Like, mm -hmm. is it me or did it like I know, Mark, you kind of touched on it a little bit where you're like some of it worked and then some of it was like bad cheesy but like did it had this sort of like it walks that sort of like special i, I call it the special zone where like a movie mm. that's like it should be bad but because it's like kind of not and kind of is at the same time it's that. like great yes yeah. like, you know it's a fine dude you should yeah, sure yeah, yeah. for sure like like there's a couple parts where like someone will say something funny but i kind of feel like this might be a common saying like it's like i think someone has a line like it's a it's um an oxymoron like jumbo shrimp or military Real intelligence, intelligence. Yeah. i'm like that's kind of funny but i think you probably heard it somewhere else somewhere else right or, or, right or like um the kids are just constantly insulting each other at the start of this and their reactions to the insults are like so over the top like someone just yeah. said the most clever thing ever i thought that was a little stupid you know uh, have you guys ever been in like those screenwriter groups where somebody just begs everyone to read their first draft and she had some of that going on in it where that's a placeholder <laughs> for a good bit or something and there are moments where he could have went in and modulated it and let me tone this down let me amp this up you know but it just looked like they were like <laughs> fuck it let's shoot it and one other thing too is it looks like i'm gonna have to go watch it again but i feel like there was a lot of shots of lines delivered where it was just a solo actor in frame like maybe hmm. a lot of pickup lines and lines that weren't you know wild lines and shit that weren't recorded through a whole scene where they rehearsed and played it out and everyone knew their lines and shit. So it feels real choppy in that yeah, sense. Yeah, I gotta too. finish I gotta finish the commentary because oh, yeah. the commentary is very interesting because again, like we gotta get those, that dude on, dude. Mark, yeah, you're coming it's back one of those rare, <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those rare movies that like it's like you like it has a commentary attached to it. So apparently like must be there's a DVD somewhere. a DVD somewhere floating yeah, around. Which is because, great. Yeah. I'm gonna find that shit on eBay. I, I mean, I, I looked on Letterboxd. There's only nine reviews for this movie, and one of them is yours, Ryan. Well, so, <laughs> what'd right, you right. give it? How many stars? Uh, let me double check. I want to say three. I think um, you gave it three out of five. Yeah. Yeah, three out of five. Let's see. On the buzzkill scale, I think that would make sense. I yeah, that's what that. I, yeah. I gave it. Let me just go right to my diary. How about that? I mean, it gets at least half a star to a star for 90s decks. Yeah, totally. I, yeah. I, I gave it three stars. Three stars right. with a, with a light. sign on that. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know, I can just respect a movie like this because it's like a filmmaker who had a weird idea and just kind of went with it. You know, it's like, yes, exactly. We talk about that all the time. Just I always say, like Chris and I, my brother, say dare to suck. 
like mm-hmm. make something even if it sucks just make some shit and you'll get better make some after that and it'll be a little better you know and totally. andy anderson yeah, um andy anderson has another movie called positive id that i'm trying to find from 86 that 86 actually, wow that actually hmm. looks like year. yep it looks like uh it's worth tracking down um just the little bit i've seen of it um i'll read the letterbox to you guys real quick the 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 letterbox synopsis these are kind of <laughs> hit and miss never assume anything a year after she is brutally raped, oh shit, Dallas housewife Julie Kenner still can't shake the horror of the attack. Her mental state worsens when she learns that the man responsible will soon be paroled. Determined to seek revenge, Julie devises a unique and ingenious brand of Texas justice. I'm in. Thorough legal loopholes, uh, thorough, <laughs> thorough legal loopholes, she methodically creates an entirely new identity, Bobby King, a sultry barfly and the perfect bait for her attacker. I'm fucking in. I got Dude, that sounds really like good. noir. Sounds yeah. like yeah, a bunch of good it. shit. So revenge, rape. Andy Anderson <laughs> as a director, he only has five films. It looks Dude, like we got to get him yeah. on and talk about that one. And he, this. He, he passed away, didn't he? Like a God couple years ago. It. I think so. Oh, the greats. He's got I'm another movie called. Five. He's got another movie called Drive By Shooting. <laughs> All right, let's do a double feature about those two. <laughs> All right, so uh, enough so of enough Andy of, Anderson uh, fan club. Yeah, yes, right, uh, we gotta we gotta we gotta start a Wikipedia Andy page. He almost deserves a, a, his own episode. Uh, <laughs> so uh, we'll, we'll we'll put a pin in that, and we'll now let's just get to the 2011 detention directed by Joseph Kahn, written by Mark Palermo and Joseph Kahn. So Mark, (laughs) uh, let's just start from the beginning. How the fuck (laughs) did it start with you? Was it the two? What was the genesis of this idea? Um, Well, I mean, it depends how far back you want to go. Do do you want to know back to detention in 10th grade? (laughs) Yeah. I I mean, back in 1992, (laughs) So, so I guess like a condensed version of this is I I was reviewing movies in the coast, which is the alternative weekly in, in Halifax, um, a movie called torque came out that Joseph Kahn directed. It's like, is that uh, like motorbikes or some shit? Yes. Yeah. It's it's like, it's like a motorbike movie. And they Uh, talk shit about torque in detention. Do you not? So Um, pimp, dude, props to Joseph Kahn for that. I, I really liked torque um i noticed that joseph khan had a website with like quotes from various critics um that then kind of made it seem like it was a much more universally liked movie than it was i wrote to the administrator like you should try to promote myself you should quote my review on it i think i liked the movie more than all these people joseph khan who i didn't know was his own administrator wrote me back and said yeah (laughs) you're like one of the only people who understood my movie um we became like internet friends. I started like writing music video treatments for him. I wrote a, a, one, an early draft of Rihanna's Umbrella, which is nothing like the video that came out. A different director ended up doing that. A lot of other like music videos, a lot of TV commercials. But we knew we wanted to do a movie together. And we just started talking about like, you know, I, I was like um, a fan of teen movies, a fan of slasher movies. Um, had you written a lot of scripts and shit already, or you mostly just a credit? Um, I, I, I was kind of like a like guerrilla filmmaker in Halifax. Right. I, I would make movies like for two hundred dollars that were like thirty minutes nice. long. So I'd done a bunch of those. It's like those dudes uh, in Africa running around with a camcorder and two hundred bucks. I love it. You were yeah. like you were like Jason Eisner was in Halifax. <laughs> <laughs> uh, totally, uh, Jason's a good friend of mine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, we're kind of like we're doing the same sort of indie scene in here in Halifax. He was, it was he's like the Seattle grunge scene. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know, Jason. Of, you know who? But, you know, Jason. Do you know who Jason Eisner is? The director uh, of Hobo of a Shot. Hobo with a Oh, Shotgun. all right, all right. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't remember his name. Yeah. Yeah, I don't do yeah. names, man. I'm just that. Whole I know. I figured you were Roosevelt lost. Thing. I was yeah. Like, well, I well yeah. <laughs> I feel like Jason and me were kind of doing the only like kind of at that time like low, low budget genre movies here because everything shot here is like. Because it's Nova Scotia, it just has a lighthouse in it, and we weren't interested. Right. In it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so um, Joseph. You know, I, I was going back and forth to LA working with Joseph on the script as we developed the storyline of detention. Um, a lot of stuff went into that. There were like a lot of a lot of brainstorming um, until we kind of just had this giant jigsaw puzzle of a movie that you know after a lot of this finally fit together uh one day i was on a commercial set of a chinese shampoo 
commercial starring Nicole Scherzinger from Pussycat Dolls that he was directing. Bored <laughs> as hell on that set. I sat in the back of my laptop. I'm like, look, if I don't start writing detention now, it's never going to happen. Um, yeah, I, I think like, uh, you know, I, th I think in that first draft, you know, Joseph had an opening that I worked off of. And, and several months later, I had a first draft, um, went back to L.A. and we wrote a final draft together and did it start intentionally with the kitchen sink thing to it because it felt to me almost like you guys were like um, what kind of movie should we make let's make a time travel movie now nah, let's make it this movie let's make it that movie fuck it let's make yeah, it all yeah, of them yes sort of there were just there were <laughs> a lot of ideas and i think like one idea that joseph had which i think kind of helped cement a lot of that but that really worked for the movie was that every character in it was living in their own teen film um so in the way that like the breakfast club is, you know, like I, I do like those John Hughes movies and in the breakfast club, everyone is kind of a stereotype, but at, by the end of it, they become a different stereotype. Yeah. But, but, so the breakfast idea club is go to though for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But, and so in detention, everyone's a stereotype, but the idea is there's something deeper to them that we learn. You, you know, I, I, I like to be, send a positive message out with my movie so even like the bully's got his own tragic backstory and mm -hmm. becomes more human because he's part fly and his semen glows in the dark yeah. Yeah. okay so on that yours um, doesn't there's semi-autobiographical first of all let me just say bitch okay beauty <laughs> yeah intelligence talent charisma Hoobastank. Okay, oh, okay, so so that was the last scene. Amazing. Did he direct any Hoobastank videos, by the way? I, I don't think so. All right. But we were in um, Bob's Big Boy Diner finishing the final draft at that point. There was a Bobby. version of the, that first scene already where, like, this first scene has to be crazier. We have to kind of... It's a fake-out scene, so you want to start the movie and think, I can't sit through an entire movie about this person. Um, and then she's killed, right? Um and so, yeah, I think that was maybe one of the last jokes written. I remember debating with Joseph if it would be beauty, intelligence, talent, charisma, hoobastank, or beauty, intelligence, talent, chumbawamba. Um, the the hoobastank, I think it's funny. Yeah. Uh, hoobastank is great. Okay. To end on the punchline, too, you know. I also want, I'm, I, I marked down that, like, there was a Richard Brake cameo in this movie that I didn't even realize was him. Um, mm -hmm. Like, he plays the dad of Billy with the TV, again, TV hand. What the fuck? <laughs> right, right. TV hand. Where did TV hand come from? Uh, um, so, so that that almost that that was something Joseph and me argued about for a while. Whether it's in the movie, I I, I don't know. He he thought of a way he could shoot it to make it work, um, but it was the weirdest part of the script. Um, I don't know. I, I felt like Billy needed something to kind of try to disguise his mutation. And um, <laughs> I mean, if I want to get pretentious about it, what does a TV do? To, when you're in a room with a TV, everyone's eye is on the TV. So people can't stop looking at Billy. He's kind of, um, <laughs> I don't know. know. This, this movie has like this, like, I feel like this, even though like I did this like pairing with detention and detention, right? This movie could pair with Donnie Darko so well. Yeah, uh, Donnie no, Darko too. No, no, yeah, yeah, I think Donnie Darko's. You know why? A movie I liked a lot. Yeah, I'll say here's what a true through line between the two of them it is, and it has nothing to do with what's on screen. And this is rare with most movies. So this is what sets your shit apart. It feels like each scene had a lot of thought put into it. Like you said, the discussions mm. you guys were having, it feels like a lot of thought in discussing and you know some battles were maybe had and a good idea won out. You know, and maybe right. sometimes there was some compromise. I don't know. But you know what it is? You know what it is, Jason? Donnie Darko as well, though. Very thought out. Each scene, you're yeah. like, he's syncing the music to the shots, you know, like a music video. But you know maybe what Maybe that's is, a though? thread, too. Mm -hmm. you, know what, you know what detention is? Perfect. It's it's an Easter egg movie, but like it's filled with Easter eggs. But it's like the way like, you know how like Marvel movies are filled with Easter eggs? Like Marvel's like the dumb way you do Easter eggs. Yeah. And detention is like the smart kind of like fun. Detention's cool for way. adults. Marvel's for kids. That's, that's uh, ironically, <laughs> it's a high school movie, a teen movie that's yeah. more for adults in that way than. <laughs> well, like yeah, well, so okay. is Breakfast Club. So there is a tradition yeah, of teen movies yeah. for adults. You know. Um, Go ahead, Mark. Sure. So, so like, uh, like a show. here. I, I should say we're. This is good timing because the tenth anniversary of Detention is on the thirteenth of this month. From when nice. it was two theaters, it should 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 have gone wider. I feel, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think like there's some people we got extremely maybe the most polarized reviews of any movie I've ever seen. 
which was fine with me because some people like really saw something in it. But I think detention came out before, you know, what is now called poptimism. But I mean, I think Joseph and me both always believed that pop culture could be handled intelligently or, or, um, um, and that's kind of, I mean, there's a lot of like bad pop culture too, but I think like this is the kind of a, a pop movie in my mind kind of crossed with a hipster film, a hipster indie movie. That's like extremely has very pop sensibilities too. And which was a strange thing back then. So it's you kind know, of think, Warholian in that sense, you know, it's like you guys are yeah. playing with pop in an intelligent thought out way. You know what's cool about it, though. Oh, you know, you know what's cool about the whole idea is, is you, you, it presents itself as dumb, right? But it's actually not. Like, there's more to it. Like on the surface, you could just be like, "Yo, that's stupid," and then you're like, "Oh no, it's not." Like, no, it's, it's actually it's a very self aware. It's pointed like, satire. It, it, you know, you know how like it's it's meta to say something is meta is kind of like at this point is like you know overwrought. Mm -hmm. Like it's just try. You know, it's like trite, right? But like this is like a Russian doll, like. Mm. type of fucking movie like you just keep opening it up and it's like another another doll inside and another doll inside and, and then you get to the bottom and it's like a whole new it's like you like it's just it's it's like never ending like and, and, i, I and really I like think, that oh thanks I, I think it feels random but the thing is it, it actually fits together if you said like it really the, it really the, fits the, together it, it, it resolves itself and um yeah i mean i rem i mean i gotta like give joseph a lot of credit because like in my opinion, he directed the shit out of that movie. And I remember he invited me back to LA at one point and he had been working on the edit of the film um, and showed it to me. And to me, it was like, this is a new style of movie I haven't seen before. It mm -hmm. feels like I've never seen a like, movie this fast paced. Like, I don't know like how people are going to respond to this, but I was very excited by it. It's know? like, it's like almost like, it's like Michael Bay, if Michael Bay, wasn't dumb. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say Michael Bay put some thought into some shit. Yeah, <laughs> right. Michael Bay is a visualist. That's it. He knows right. how to frame a shot, etc. But like you guys, obviously, maybe it was the pairing of the two of you. I do want to talk about Joseph Kahn because I'll admit, you know me, dude. I don't pay attention to shit like this, especially people's names. Like I remember the art, not necessarily who made it, mm -hmm. but uh, I wasn't aware of him and who he is. And then I read up the famous director of like Taylor Swift videos and shit, and I was like huh that's fucking super interesting makes perfect sense haven't seen the movie but he's also almost commenting and subverting his own image and his own vocation to a degree because right like you said the pace of it it's almost like a two hour long music video almost it's not exactly you know what i'm saying i'm not mm -hmm. using that to denigrate it either but it's just popping and moving the whole time and it's not letting up and I would yeah, say like there's so many aspects to this movie that like I appreciate it like even even like the sort of like how you were how you said like the idea that like each character had their own like little teen movie and then like each character sort of like each character had its own sort of title entrance yeah. to their storyline like my favorite is always is because I feel like this could describe our podcast the relentless negativity of Sanderson Sander <laughs> S. Sanderson I'm yes. like this this podcast could be called the relentless negativity of Ryan and Jay <laughs> <laughs> I mean we suck a lot of dicks in here too right. don't get me wrong it's a buzz kill like like it's yeah, a buzz kill like yeah. when we I talk mean, about <laughs> normie shit yeah when we find a gem like this, now nah, we're pretty laudatory. The relentless negativity, but um, <laughs> I, I mean, I did not ignore that Sander Sanderson and Andy Anderson are weirdly ah. like, similar names. You know? Also, <laughs> also the first to do like get inside a bear and have and and surrounded by flames boy, way before Midsummer, like Midsummer, right. totally, totally jacked detention Wait, swag with the bear. The they so go inside a bear in Midsummer. So you've never seen, you haven't seen Midsummer. So like, I, I, I have seen it, but so at the very end, <laughs> her boyfriend's inside of a bear and they burn him alive. Like oh, the shit. effigy. Yeah, that's interesting. I so mean, basically, Midsummer is Wicker Man meets Detention. Like, no, when you when you see Midsummer and you watch that image of him burning inside that bear suit, and then you watch them go inside the bear suit, and when it's surrounded by flames, it's like, yo, this feels like this. It feels like a ripple. I mean, I don't know if Ari Aster. Ari Aster seems to me like a guy who's like watched a lot of shit. He's, he's probably, probably seen, seen it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's probably seen it. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you know, in, in subconsciously, his humor, he might have. His in humor fairness, is kind of like that too. Like the inside of of the Baron Detention looks like the inside of the Iron Man Iron Man suit. Yeah, yeah. Too. Yeah. But yeah. also, 
I mean, you know, I don't want to have sour grapes about this, but I think there's a lot of movies that have kind of bit things in detention and not given us props for it. So let's get know. into those in sudden death. Um, <laughs> people got to pay for that shit. I will say this. Okay. This movie. Well, let me throw out real quick before we get off that thought, how much better would Marvel movies be if they were subversive enough where Tony Stark was this deviant motherfucker and he put like a dick on the Iron Man suit and he had to jack it off to get in it, you know? Would Marvel movies be infinitely what? more interesting? <laughs> what? That's all. Go ahead. Carry on. What were you saying? I, I, um, I, I would agree they would be more interesting. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's that's my, my only point. Uh, what? <laughs> hey, last time I caught you up with, what was it? Kids with pubic Kid, hair? Yeah, so, yeah, stop, yeah right. We got to insert like crickets in the uh, post to put the crickets right there. Like cricket, cricket. <laughs> Yo, I will say, uh, this movie has so many quotables that like if you if you attempted to like keep track, you would lose count. So like I did jot down a few um, because I would there's no way I would recall them in real time. Um, one of them was um, back on the like this. It's not normal for people seeming to glow in the dark. OK, one that, <laughs> that stuck out. Uh, <laughs> uh, what, what else did I write down? Uh, I wrote down. Let's see. Here. That's it. You just wrote that one. Yeah. <laughs> just been dwelling on it. Oh, hey, Sander, I saw your dad's dick on chat roulette last night. Just random. <laughs> it was it was the chat roulette era when we shot that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got to throw in a comment on everything. Yeah. <laughs> uh, or then when Riley tells uh, tells Sanders, get off my nuts, all right? And then the teacher says, Riley, I don't want to hear about your testicles. Again, like, there's just, like, I can't not laugh at shit like that. I'm immature. Like, <laughs> uh Good taste is not a democracy. I felt like that was just that's a good line. That's just that's that's the mantra of this show. (laughs) Yeah. Again, like good taste is not a fucking democracy. That's a moment. That's not even funny. That's just I agree with that. (laughs) I mean, Uh, I need to replace my Vonnegut with a little Mark Palermo finger puppet here. It'd be perfect. (laughs) Also, the the the, I I did laugh at the whole vegetarians that eat fish are hypocrites. Oh, shout out to Organic, by the way, from King of the Dot, a.k.a. Gordon. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> very Canadian guy. Very. It's, it's funny that they made him an alien at the end because he yes. very much has that alien swag to him. Yeah, He's just I mean, super Canadian. <laughs> insistent we get a real Canadian for that part and not someone doing some like Dr. Evil impression. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, my favorite, though. My favorite quote. Mm-hmm. My favorite quote. I'll murder you, you bitch, Mark Palermo. <laughs> what? How did you know that was me? I'm not I, like when I heard the voice, I was like, that's Mark. You know, like he's literally in the theater. He's like, I'll murder you, you bitch. I was like, oh, <laughs> great quote. Do you have an acting IMDb credit for that? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, I'll I murder you, you bitch, man. <laughs> I, I do. I do actually do three roles in detention, but I think that's the easiest one to recognize. Also, white people shut it. Also, I believe Mark Palermo. Did you um, say that? Again? Or else somebody else? No, or that's somebody that's, else. that's uh, Jonathan Dockery. Is a, I wondered because it didn't yeah. quite sound like your voice, but I was like, somebody just said white people shut again, it. Again, a movie way ahead of its time. White people <laughs> shut it in 2012. Like, wow. Yeah. yeah. So 2018. Also, our yeah. tagline was cancel your future, which. Yeah, Damn, um, you guys are on top of it. It's, it's like you took yeah. that bare time machine to the future and wrote a movie from it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, I just feel like, again, like, it's just funny to me that, like, you can watch these movies. I, we're all around the same age. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. it's one of those things where it's like, first of all, let me just say the the montage of where they're going through the eras is goaded. Mm-hmm. Like that, that was, that's, that shit was heat. Like when he's like, when they're, Mm -hmm. they're literally, it's revolving and it's going through like 2008, 2005. And you watch the the styles change and like how it nailed, it had the Von Dutch hats and like, and then it had like the 50, (laughs) the songs were changing. Like it was, and and the movie even says this, the movie like puts a, puts this lampshade on it. It says like the eighties are the nineties now. By yep. the end of this movie, it literally like shows you how the eighties, the nineties, or the new eighties, or something. Yeah, yeah it was effe- yeah, 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 yeah. It was a, it's effective in that way. Um, I really, especially again, like I liked that when I first saw it, but like coming back to it again, like I just appreciated it more. Like I had a feeling that this was the type of movie that you could return to, and like it has like new, mm-hmm. new appre- you can revisit, you know, and it, for sure. you have a new appreciation. Especially when you see how prescient it is and how much shit it forecasted. You guys got your rest booting on with this dude. Yeah. You, well, I mean, it's it's all very flattering. I do think like I, I do remember like feeling like even 
as the writer of the movie that it, it played like a different movie the first three times at least that i watched it um yeah I, and you know I, I would like to apologize for starting uh 90s nostalgia but i think attention was the first <laughs> you're definitely you're definitely first i mean like the only other movie i can think about before this was our, around that what 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 your attention came out in 2011 what year did the whackness come out oh actually the whackness Fruits. was earlier yeah the whackness the whackness was the yes. only other movie that i can think of that was yeah. like ahead of the time and it, they it was maybe even like 2008 or something yeah um, but yeah that was definitely before us um yeah. here's the thing it's one thing to like set a movie in the 90s and try and get it right you know like uh, now jonah hill mid 90s whatever you know you're just <laughs> going for that period very similitude or whatever but you guys you almost were commenting on nostalgia itself like it wasn't just that right. you were the first to acknowledge 90s nostalgia but you're like let's let's talk about nostalgia for a second like what's the utility of nostalgia is it bullshit is it good you know i mean i think we're now in a, an age where with the internet you can like live in whatever era you want to everything has like some people who are fans of it who like that style who like that music you ever notice like no music is uncool anymore yeah, you can yeah. just say like i love billy joel and it's all like, scenes yeah, that's cool yeah, yeah, you're rockabilly or whatever yeah yeah there's someone who likes that so it's kind of strange because i think we're now in a time where all time is compressed at once into this one thing um and you know i, I think like detention was kind of the start of this like more online world and so there is like a lot of like references to other things in the movie. And then I think in some movies that like scary movie or date movie or whatever that can come off as like a very cheap style of humor. But I think with detention, like we wanted to show that like, well, this is actually how people talk now. This is the language of youth is through these levels of irony. And there is a level of sincerity beneath that. If you want to find it, you know, um, because I, I mean, I, I think like it's, it's important to me that Detention is a movie that is about characters and is mm. about their feelings and their problems. Ultimately, you know, however cheesy that is to say, it, it uh, it's kind of it is sort of about like kids communicating that through this new, um, very meta um, discourse. Yeah. I, I, well, I want to ask you a little bit about we touched on it a little bit, but I do want to ask you about Nova Scotia because uh, mm. <laughs> uh, it seems to me um, from outside eyes to sort of kind of be the equivalent of like, not I mean, it has a Midwestern American sensibility in some ways. Um, it just seems like a very sort of like, like the types of people that I see from Nova Scotia, aside from the accent, right? Aside from the accent, like I feel like mm -hmm. there's people like that in like the neighborhood in Ohio that I grew up in, like on the east side, on the other side of the tracks. Like there's a very uh -huh. kind of a very, no, no, a very specific kind of, you know, white person. Like it's like very white. It's like <laughs> it's very working class, uh -huh. uh, very uh -huh. sort of like. Like they have a like there's like they have like this, their own sort of like code, which is like, sort of like, if you know the code, like, then you're good. But if you violate the code, there's a chance that like, you don't understand, there's no telling how they'll kind of respond. Like, you know, if, if, if that makes sense. Do you have like, any, uh, is uh, this purely just like a hunch? Canadians are nicer. <laughs> in, in my experience, yeah, exactly. they are nicer on the surface, there's, at least. On the surface. Like, I got a sister who actually lived in Nova Scotia for a couple of years and oh. she would What's post her pictures her name is uh samantha lee okay i don't know so yeah <laughs> it's in small town <laughs> um I, I think first off visually it's stunning it looks like a great place to go to just like i'm old i don't give a fuck about nightlife at this point in my life like i would go live in nova scotia this shit looks picturesque and amazing Maybe that's just because the pictures she took and posted. I don't know. But of course, everyone knows Nova right. Scotia, where it is, you know. Um, well, but as far as the people go, I don't know. There does seem like some Mayberry type shit going on, but maybe it's more uh, blue velvet than Mayberry, you're saying, Ryan, that there's some, I, I mean, some underbelly shit going on. I'll let Mark answer. But I, 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 Mark, have you ever been the only like I was in I was in Canada, like on the set of the movie Dangerous, like almost a year ago. 
and but that was not right. no. I was all the way on the other side. I was yeah. outside yeah, Vancouver. It's like LA versus it's, it's totally Rhode different. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was outside like, Vancouver. Vancouver is like Seattle. You know. Yeah, I was like it was Kelowna. So yeah, and that was a very right. nice place, by the way. But uh, I hear it's beautiful there. I've yeah, it's fucking not beautiful. been since I was like an infant. Um, they have they have their own Sas- I'm not Sasquatch. Uh, Loch Ness monster. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to respond to because I'm not really sure what you mean by a certain type of white person, I guess. <laughs> okay, let me let me let me let me explain. So so the type what I mean by that is like it's like a like there's ty- there's types of white people like in America. Right. Like there's bourgeois sort of suburbanite white people. Right. And then there's like even another level tier beyond that, like the sort of wealthy upper crusty types. Right. Then you have like your average sort of like working class white person. But then you have like working class people from different pockets of America. So then you yeah. have like the Appalachian working class, which is a totally different style of working class than say some working class, someone from like Texas. But like the one thing about these working class people though, that is relatable is the, is the fact that like they are salt of the earth and not in a negative way, like uh-huh. in a good way where it's like, oh, these people like sort of like have an understanding of life in a way where it's like, it, it, it's not, there's no pretensions about these people. Even though they're white. Even yeah, there's no pretensions <laughs> right. about these people. And that's sort of the vibe that I got from like Nova Scotia, like at least some of the people that I see coming from Nova Scotia. Like sure. there's like a, not a lot of pre- like I'm sure obviously that's a generalization. You, you would know better you're from there, right? But like yeah. I, I kind of got that pretentious. vibe. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, it's maybe kind of harder for me to maybe I'm too close to it to know. Like to I, it. I've, yeah. I've lived here on and off, mostly on since I was five. And, and I'm mostly here just because I know I'll never know a city as well as this one. Um, but yeah, there, there's definitely like a kind of sort of grungier, seedier, mm-hmm. kind of salt of the earth aspect here. You know, there's a lot of people who spit on the sidewalk all the time but you know like on one level we are kind of like an aging population and another we're a very young population because there's a lot of universities here mm-hmm. you know so it, it kind of does have that interesting cross-section like i live in an extremely kind of gentrified area you know and yeah i guess i'm part of the problem with that but like i live right next door to the salvation army so you walk outside and there's a lot of people asking you for change and mm-hmm. um that's just how it is it, it, yeah it is kind of like these bunch of this, filmmakers out there the strange collision of stuff yeah and i do think there's something kind of weird about it here i mean um yeah i, I don't know it's it, it's hard to like no, I, I mean, I, I'm. I guess it is sort of pretentious. I do find like we do, we did get a lot with like of that kind of. I don't like using these words, but we got like a lot of like the kind of woke liberals here. It's like some of the like it seemed like it was really bad in Halifax for a while. Uh, uh, you should, um, you, the correct terminology is libtard. <laughs> okay, shit. the rad libs. Yeah. yeah, but look how few cases of COVID you had. I kid the liberals. I kid yeah, the liberals. Yeah. Yeah, we were pretty good for COVID. I, I mean, I think we're. <laughs> Strikes me as like a less densely pop, yeah. densely populated New England. Fair to say, New Hampshire, sure, yeah. where you've got you know Dartmouth well, and Brown and shit is up there. You know, it, it totally is that because they actually have shot a lot of movies here where we played New England, like right. Uh, but you're just not as in, here, um, in the East Coast. We're all on top of each other, so we all hate. Everyone hates each other. But it's like up there, you got enough right. room to breathe and pace around a bit, so everyone's cool. There's a bit more space. Yeah. I mean, Halifax is the only populated city in, in this province. Uh, where on the East Coast are you? Uh, well, I'm from D.C. originally, but I've lived in Boston and New Hampshire. I'm in Milwaukee now, Midwest, but oh, okay. I've cool. been around. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Jason is a military brat. Yeah. And even yeah, since yeah. then, I just kept rolling. Yeah. Uh-huh. But you're Canadian. No. Oh, I thought no. you said B.C. Okay. DC, DC, District of Columbia. I see, District of Columbia. Murder capital of the world in the year the first detention was born or made. Oh no, (laughs) DC, the town that re-elected a crackhead mayor. Oh well, Canada knows about. They got the Ford brothers, right? (laughs) (laughs) True, the Doug Ford issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, True, true. Rest, rest in peace to (laughs) the OG crack smoker. Um, no, uh. I will say this. It's funny that you bring up liberals and like um, uh, there is like a new sort of like (laughs) attack on. Like I've noticed that like there's a like it kind of ties in with the whole like cancel rhetoric shit. There Mm -hmm. is sort of a I noticed that like there is like a targeted 
attack it seems that people who are making like art on the fringes now like um right. there's a there's a buzzfeed article that recently got put out about like uh the npc see the the new people's film club um and i, I know so I yeah that, i yeah. i know I've, I've had interactions with hadrian um hadrian he's the guy who used to work for the cine family um i know uh, i think actually larissa mutual friend of all of ours actually mm -hmm. introduced me to hadrian yeah we talked to him on clubhouse that time about on clubhouse, cancel culture right, 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 he right. was canceled right so right. he's one of the people and they like one of the one of, one of the uh uh like the whole like premise of the of the piece was sort of kind of like oh it's like funded by like peter till money and like yada mm -hmm. yada yada but like what i noticed is like when you really start to delve into like, like sort of like the people associated and tied with like these kind of things um is it's like it's just like like if you talk to these people as individuals like like politically and ideologically they're like all over the place right no, for sure for like, most people like, are if you really talk to them right and it's like one of these things where it's like yo like it's just this thing this idea of like there's like this hegemonic sort of like new like like it's like if you do not adhere like they it's like an attack on people doing shit on the fringes what are they doing over there are they right. doing that with like accepted people accepted ideas like and it's like i feel like 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 i just don't understand it like i really don't like because no. there's people there's people in that space who like i disagree with like but like i still would say like for example <laughs>